A few weeks ago, we had a visiting pastor, a visiting speaker named Gene Guthrie. And uh, who was here when Gene Guthrie was here? Raise your hand. And it was just utter chaos because, like, the whole church came down for prayer. And I don't know if you remember, but she kept saying, speak in tongues. And so later that week, we were discussing some of the elders, and we were wondering if we have sufficiently equipped Glenridge Church to really understand this sometimes confusing gift called speaking in tongues. Thus, today's preach. And I was so, I was so overwhelmed uh, with, when we had this discussion that, with the sense that God wanted me to preach this message. I just felt, and immediately I just thought, I need to unpack this. And, and it's almost as if God's been preparing me for a long time for this particular topic. And I, I say that because of my own experience with this gift, but I also say it in terms of just an overwhelming sense that, that God's wanting to, he, he, he is calling me to take confusing topics and bring them down to help us understand them. There just feels like there's an anointing on me for, for that in these days. And so every kind of difficult topic, I've just said, okay, I'm going to take it and do it. Uh, uh, and uh, I spoke about sexuality and LGBTQ things with our youth, and we're going to be doing uh, a whole seminar of that later on this year that you can plug into. But I've just felt anytime there's a hard topic, I felt the Lord say, you need to tackle it. And, and tongues is a little bit like that. People are so confused. So I feel an anointing on. Now, this might be a longer sermon than what you're normal, normally used to because what I'm going to do is for the first 30 minutes, I'm going to preach in tongues, and then the next 30 minutes, <laughs> someone's going to bring the interpretation. And it might be you, so just listen real carefully. All right, so we're going to go for it. Just, I'm just teasing. I'm not going to do that. The first time I can remember tongues is being spoken or being aware of something like that was when I was about 10 years old. And I was, my parents were missionaries. I grew up in West Africa, Côte d'Ivoire. On parle français en Côte d'Ivoire, c'est vrai. And uh, I was sitting in church and there was this, it was a, an African church, but there was another white missionary that was there. And the pastor said, let's all pray together. And I just remember we're all sitting down and this white missionary that I knew didn't speak the local dialect, could speak some French, but I was very familiar with French. He starts praying passionately in English, and then somewhere in the middle of it, he, 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 he like starts speaking in, this, in tongues. Well, of course, I don't know what tongues is. I just distinctly remember thinking, whoa, what in the world has happened to this guy? And he's just by himself. He just, he just like all of a sudden just switches over. And that was the first time I can remember being aware of somebody doing something really weird that had to do with their mouth. And that was tongues. And that was my first experience. I didn't think about it after that. I grew up, and, and we never spoke about tongues. We were conservative missionaries, and, and it wasn't a topic we had in our house. In fact, we, we, we rarely spoke about the Holy Spirit moving, although we did see miracles in West Africa. So we spoke about the Holy Spirit, but we weren't familiar with the way that we are now of the Holy Spirit moving in such power. So I wasn't familiar with it, and it was, I didn't have another experience with tongues until I was 20 years old. I'm going to share that with you in a little bit. Maybe you've heard tongues before. Maybe it's freaked you out like it freaked me out before. Maybe you've heard it from the platform. Some, someone's come up here and given a tongue. 
Or maybe you've just heard someone speaking about, maybe you've just read about it in the scripture and think, what is this all about? We're going to try and explain that. I'm going to try to explain that to you this morning. What is tongues? Let's start with a simple definition. Tongues, an unlearned language given by the Holy Spirit, key words I've bold there, unlearned Holy Spirit as a gift, gift is a key word, to connect with God in deep, profound, and life-changing ways. So that's my definition. An unlearned language given by the Holy Spirit is a gift to connect with God in deep, profound, and life-changing ways. But there's also another concise way of saying it that I'm going to unpack a little bit later, and it's this. It's the Holy Spirit in us connecting with God. Simply put, the Holy Spirit in us connecting with God. Notice I use the word connecting with God. I didn't use the word communicating with God. See, unless there's an interpretation, we're not actually really communicating as much as we're connecting because tongues bypasses our intellect and our mind and often we're not even sure what we're saying. Unless the Lord brings the interpretation, then it switches over into communication. But ultimately, it's the bypass of the mind so that we can connect with God in deep and profound in life-changing ways. So, the first point is this, that tongues is a sign. This is what tongues is, a sign. If you got your Bibles, you can turn to Acts 2. It's where we first see tongues fall upon people and come into our everyday lives. So here it is. Acts 2, starting with verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. This this is referring to the disciples. Pentecost, 10 days after the ascension, 50 days after the resurrection. Jesus said, go and wait. They went and waited. Here we go. And suddenly, verse 2, there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues or translated languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews. So these guys are not in this room with the disciples. Devout men from every nation under heaven. Now that's kind of a, a way that we, we all, you know, we can say, no, everybody was at the party. So obviously not every single nation was there, but it's like saying there were a ton of people there. Every nation was there. A lot of people there. And at the sound, so you can imagine how crazy this sound must have been. At the sound, the multitude came together. So all these people just come, come out of their houses. What is that sound? Can you imagine when things go down, something big happens. You know, you hear this big, you come out of your house. What's going on? And you run to, to see, even though you instinctively you know, actually, I should run the other way when a big scary sound comes. We often run to the action. Well, that's what these guys were doing, running to the action. What's going on? So a pretty big thing on display here. And they were bewildered. Because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. 
And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each one of us in his own native language? And then it goes on to list about 13 languages there. Commentators suppose that there must have been about 20 different languages. And then verse 11, or down to 12, All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? Sorry, just above that it says, We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. But others mocking said they are filled with new wine. So that's our first account of tongues. What we see them doing is speaking in known earthly languages, but languages that they did not learn. So you can imagine the scene. All these multitudes come. They had gathered into Jerusalem because they were there for Pentecost. It was a big deal going on. So that's why lots of people, lots of different nations. But in those days, people didn't travel everywhere. So it was very unusual to come to a place and find that that person speaks your language. Because they, they, didn't, they didn't, you know, hop on a bus and drive over there, learn the language, and come back. They didn't download the, the latest app to teach them French or whatever it might be. They were, not aware, they were not familiar with other languages. So imagine coming on the scene, and all of a sudden somebody is speaking your language. That's what was happening, an earthly known language. But elsewhere in the Bible, tongues is described as more of an ecstatic uh, utterance, an utterance. An ecstatic utterance, not a known language. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 13, 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels. So this implies that he sees the possibility that speaking in tongues may include more than humanly human language. And then mere human language or speech. That's precisely why Paul also says that there is a gift of interpreting tongues. So you've heard about the gift of speaking in tongues. Well, in the same list... And tongues is mentioned in every single list of the, of the gifts. Tongues is the only one to, to be found in every one of the lists. And in Corinthians, um, there's, there's seven lists, even in Corinthians alone. Tongues is the only gift in every single one of them. So obviously Paul is focusing on tongues. It's an important gift. But also alongside of that is an interpretation of tongues. Why would you need an interpret, a supernatural interpretation of tongues if it's an earthly language that can be translated. Interpretation is not the same as translation. Translation is you, you hear an earthly tongue and you can now maybe translate it. Someone around here or somebody there, hey, come here, what's this person speaking? And they know, oh, no, I know this language. That language is French. And they can then translate it for you. But we see that Paul says that when tongues come, you need a supernatural gift to interpret this supernatural phenomenon. You don't need, you don't need a supernatural gift if it's just an earthly thing. So you can see that, we both, that it makes room both for earthly languages and for heavenly utterances, ecstatic utterances. So that's what you're hearing, and sometimes both and in different ways. We'll explain that a little bit more in a moment. So here's why tongues is a sign. Firstly, it's a sign that the curse of Babel has been reversed. Remember what happened at the Tower of Babel. Men supposing in their arrogance that they could reach the heavens on their own independence without God began to build a tower. And God came and He brought some correction to the whole thing. But it, the way that He did that is He confused their languages so all of a sudden, they couldn't communicate with one another. 
And all of a sudden, you're speaking English one moment, and the next moment, you're speaking Zulu, and the next moment, you're speaking Afrikaans, and everyone's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And divisions went up, just like we know today. Languages bringing barriers and divisions. And divisions went up, and separation came. What happened on the day of Pentecost was that the Holy Spirit came, and then all of a sudden, those divisions, it was reversed, and they came together to hear, oh, wait, now we understand and God didn't remove the diversity because God loves diversity, but he created in the midst of diversity, brought unity. And that's exactly what Jesus does. It's a reverse of the Tower of Babel. So every time we hear tongues, we should be thinking, wow, through Christ, by the Holy Spirit, the walls of diversity have come down. He has brought us together. It's an amazing sign. Oh, what a beautiful sign. Division has broken. In more than one way, it's a whole nother sermon that, that God has broken division and every single divide has come down in the unity of Christ. It's also a sign authenticating the, the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit. So in Acts 2, was not the only time the Holy Spirit came upon people. We see in Acts 10, with the Gentiles of Cornelius and Caesarea, you see Peter being brought to the Gentiles. And in Acts 10, they're filled with the Holy Spirit, but they speak in tongues. And Acts 19, in Ephesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, and they speak in tongues. And the way that Peter knew that they were filled with the Holy Spirit is that they spoke in tongues. It was a sign. I mean, they could have fallen over, but when they spoke in tongues, it was like, whoa, we saw this in Acts 2. We saw this back in Jerusalem this is verification that the Holy Spirit has come to the Gentiles. It's what gave them boldness to go outside of the Jews and start preaching to the Gentiles. Praise God, because most of us here are a result of the Holy Spirit breaking down the division and also coming to us as Gentiles by the Holy Spirit, but using tongues as a sign that God includes and God is here and God is among us. Speaking in tongues is not the only way to know if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, but it is a common way. And in the Scriptures, we see it as the most common sign that someone has truly been filled with the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. It is the most common, not the only way, but in the Scriptures, it is the most common way. Over and over again, that's how, what they experienced. Even in my own life. So at 10, I heard tongues at 20, I spoke in tongues for the first time. My brother had come to me. We had grown up in a traditional uh, background. And so my brother came to me one day, and he burst through the door, and his friend was with him, and they had just been to a church meeting, and things were happening. It was called the Toronto Blessing in those days. And, uh, and things were happening in this church meeting. And so they came back, and my brother was just enlightened. It's like his, his, the eyes of his, of his heart switched on. And he came in, he burst the door open. I'll never forget. And he ran in and he said, Drew, Drew. And I came, came down the stairs and he says, they haven't told us everything. I said, what are you talking? He said, they haven't told us everything. And I said, who's they? What are you talking about? He says, there's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes and he fills people in his power. And I was like, what? What? And he says, no, 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 no time for questions. We got to pray for you. <laughs> And you know what happened is, is my brother was not walking with the Lord. So when he burst through the door saying that, I thought, whoa, God is moving. 
if like you're talking this way, something's happening. And just out of sheer trust in what God was doing in my brother, because I knew him, I said, okay, pray for me. So they laid hands on me and I fell on the bed and I was shaking for the first time. But I didn't speak in tongues. I didn't know anything about it. But I was touched by the Holy Spirit. We're at, I remember we were in my parents' bedroom and we fell on the bed and we were speaking in tongues. My parents have no idea that stuff's going down. They learned later on and they came in and we had to walk it through with my parents today. They're very, both super spirit-filled. They were then, but they weren't walking and we, they were closet charismatics, if you ever heard that phrase before, but we didn't know about it. And um, so we just get filled with the Holy Spirit, or we get touched by the Holy Spirit. Let me put it that way. Touched by the Holy Spirit enough to make us long for more. Now, isn't that how God often does it? He just comes and touches you and you're like, it like opens and you're like, whoa, what was, okay, I, I, need, I need more of this. And so we started trying to find churches that would be into this thing because we didn't know very many. And we, we went to this one church and the, and the pastor said, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, come to the front. And so I actually brought some friends with me who were very skeptical, skeptical of this whole thing. And I, that night I lost those friends, particular one friend who said that I'd fallen into a cult. And so he had to, he had to cut the ties because God would never do that. And I was like, oh, whew. to this day he's not walking with the Lord. He's really struggling in his own walk. Um, he, he doesn't believe in Jesus. But I pressed in and I walked down to the front and I said, I want more of this thing. And no one prayed for me. No one touched me. No one told me about tongues. Nobody instructed me. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know what was happening. I was just hungry, and I just wanted more. And I came in, and I was like, God, I'll do, I want anything, anything you've got. Because my brother said, we haven't been told every, any, everything. So, God, I'm ready for everything. Just take it. Give it. I need it. Take me. And in that moment, I fell back, often called being slain in the spirit. I fell back. Nobody touched me. Nobody pushed me. Fell back. And when I hit the floor, I just burst into speaking in tongues. Burst into tongues. And I could not stop speaking in tongues. It was just, it just came. And I'm, I mean, I'm just being overwhelmed. No time to think. I'm just, God, just going for it. And it felt like an eternity. I'm just speaking. And I could not stop. And I could not speak in English. I just could not do it. And it would just kept coming, coming. And the whole overwhelming sense of that, of that experience bringing me right into the presence of God, I just, it was as if I felt so unworthy to be touched in such a magnificent, powerful way, an intimate way. And I just burst into tears as I'm praying in tongues and I'm weeping and I'm just saying, God, I'm just not worthy of you to touch me. And I'm just on my knees and I'm weeping and I'm saying, God, I'm not worthy. And, and I just feel his love and it's just love was just, just like, just consuming me. And I'm just falling and I'm just, and eventually I'm just, in a puddle of tears and mess. And some, some, one of the, they had a ministry team and the ministry team person comes over and I'm, I'm kind of shaking there and he says to me, do you know what God is doing? Like, like, tell me what, what's God doing? That's what he says, do you, what's God doing? And I was like, aren't you supposed to know? <laughs> like, I was like, I don't know. I thought you would know. I don't know what he's doing. I'm thinking you're the expert. I'm new in this thing. But he was doing a magnificent work. The Holy Spirit bringing me into his presence. And what it did is it authenticated in my own heart. 
I belong to God. The pr- God is with me. It authenticated His presence in me. And I wish that for you this morning, that you would have that and more. It's also a sign authenticating the gospel of Christ, especially for unbelievers. That's what Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 14, 22. Can you imagine them coming in Acts and hearing somebody? And this is what happened. They, they, they heard somebody in their language, and they said, what is God up to? It was an authentication of Jesus is real. This Christ that they're speaking is real. And unbelievers, they might not understand it, but when they see it, it's like it, it makes you think there's something, either something supernatural happening here or something very scary, but something's happening. And often there needs to be more with the unbeliever, and Paul talks about prophetic than prophecy. But it is often an initial authentication of gospel. Tongues is meant as a sign, and it's meant to be a sign in your own life, a sign as you practice it that the walls of, div- of, div- of, uh, of division have been broken. They've come down. We were singing about it this morning. He's broken the walls. They've come down. That the Holy Spirit is indeed with us, a presence and with you, and that Christ is indeed the true God. He's meant to be a miracle. He is the miracle in your life. Tongues helps people see that. Tongues is a doorway. Look at Romans 8, 26 to 27. Tongues is not only a sign, it is a doorway. Romans 8, 26 to 27 says this. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, for the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. How would you like to pray and your words are in line with the will of God? Well, that's what tongues does. It's a doorway taking us into alignment, into the very presence of God. They show us that it helps us tap in to the Holy Spirit within us who's at work in, for, and through us. Tongues is a doorway into the Spirit, into God's presence. Remember that concise definition that I gave earlier. It's the Holy Spirit in us connecting with God. Holy Spirit in us connecting with God. So now since it is this, When we practice tongues, it's as if we step into the relationship that the Trinity has. The Trinity is in constant, intimate relationship with one another. Speaking, loving, talking. There, it's so tight. They are one person. That's the relationship. That's the Trinity. And when we, with the Holy Spirit in us, God's presence in us, whenever you get saved, when you say yes to Jesus... The Bible tells us that the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, comes and dwells in you. And then we see that not only is that for salvation, but there is a subsequent baptism of the Holy Spirit in which He not only has your heart for eternity, He gets all of you, all of your life. And often the filling of the Holy Spirit is that complete immersion into God. 
It's like God, it's like, you know, it's like when you get saved, you get the Holy Spirit that's deposited in your heart and you know I'm a child of God. But when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, it's like God comes and he wraps his arms around you, picks you up. And now you not only know you're a child, you know you're a child. He wraps his arms. Oh, I mean, how many of us are walking around with just, a, you know, our hands held to, to our Father when actually we need to be in the arms of our Father? And that's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit does. It immerses us into his love, into his arms. It's beautiful. Tongues is a doorway that takes us there faster. It's like takes us there faster and more effectively because we're tapping into the very presence, the very Spirit of God inside of us that just comes up and just God, connects to God to the Father. That's why Paul says, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And in that place, we discover intimacy. As someone mentioned earlier today, we discover boldness, courage in that spot. That's why in Acts 2, you see these timid, scared disciples. All of a sudden, they get filled with the Holy Spirit, and they become bold, and they start proclaiming the gospel. Imagine, I mean, you can just picture it. You step into the relationship of the Trinity that's in full flow. You're in Christ, in the Father, in the Holy Spirit, and it's just on. You can imagine the intimacy that you feel. You can imagine the courage that comes upon you. You can imagine the supernatural that's open to you. That's why Jean Guthrie kept advocating so much when she was here with us that we speak in tongues as a doorway into that kind of experience. And then what happens is whenever we do that, we ourselves become a doorway for others to experience the very supernatural things that we're experiencing. So often I hear stories. I heard one last night. Somebody around our, was with us, and they spoke about how they were in Burundi and they were preaching, and all of a sudden, they were preaching in the Burundian language. They never learned it. They said they went on for 20 minutes, and the people were astounded. And he said only later did he realize he was moved into speaking in tongues. I remember my parents spoke about a missionary they knew named Norman Code who preached the same idea. He's there. He's in a Portuguese-speaking place, and he's speaking, and he thinks he's preaching in Portuguese, and he moves into tongues. And the whole village starts to get saved. And then a week later, it came back, and the village started to try to communicate with them. And they were like, why aren't you speaking our language anymore? He said, I don't speak your language. They said, but you did last week. You were speaking our language. Oh, isn't that what we want? Come on. We enter the doorway. We find the presence of God. We become the doorway, and others find the presence of God. Hallelujah. That's what I want. Thirdly, tongues. Now, you're going to have to uh, apologize for this. So tongues is a, is a um, what was my first point? Tongues is a sign. Tongues is a doorway. Now, you have to excuse this third analogy. I could not think of anything better, so I had to make it up. <laughs> tongues is a protein shake on steroids. You see, there was, there was absolutely, I, I racked my brain. For another analogy, like, a, like an earthly analogy that would make sense. And I thought, I cannot, this is the only, that was the best I got. It's a protein shake on steroids. That's what tongues is. All right, allow me to explain just now. 
But I want to read a verse in 1 Corinthians 14, just to give some quick background. Corinthians is often... I, I read a copious amount of material around tongues to prepare for this. Copious is probably a little bit exaggerated, but a lot of material. And uh, I was so shocked um, how so many commentators, and I, I don't know, probably, I don't know, maybe read about seven or eight. Um, some a lot more than others, but how so many of them were using these texts to explain away tongues. It was sad. It was disappointing. But many of them did get it right. Funny enough, I really found John Calvin really was, was brilliant in this, which I wasn't expecting that. Those of you that understand Calvinists and stuff like that. But uh, Gordon Fee was the most helpful. But um, it, was, it, it was amazing how they've, we've misunderstood. As Paul is bringing correction to the Corinthian church who got obsessed with tongues, we've often used that now to pull back and say, therefore, we shouldn't do tongues. Paul was against it, not at all. In fact, if anything, Paul was for it. That's why he spent so much time trying to help them do it right. Not because he was against it, because he was for it. He wanted to see it in the church, and particularly in their lives. So that's what's going on. Paul is bringing some correction. But what's beautiful, he, he contrasts prophecy because he's trying to help them see it's not just about you having an experience with Jesus. It's about you in the public setting bringing people, loving people, bringing other people into the experience. So be careful not to just get caught up and it's all about my spirituality. It's not just about your spirituality. It's about love, about loving others. That's what he was saying. And so in these scriptures, he contrasts prophecy because prophecy is such a, it's such an other-centered gift. But in the contrast, we begin to understand the nature of tongues in a very helpful way. So 1 Corinthians 14 says this, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in tongues does not to men, but to God. Okay, first point there. Tongues is, an, is a God word act. For no one understands him, but he, unders, he utters mysteries in the Spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their building up and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. So there's a little snippet for you. Tongues builds you up. Like what? Like a protein shake on steroids. Now I want you all, he says, to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues. He's talking about in a public setting. Unless, there's the unless, unless someone interprets. Now there you go, there's a good reason. Now that's a good reason to speak in tongues publicly is whenever the gift of interpretation comes so that the church may be built up. Skip to verse 13. Therefore, one who speaks in the tongue should pray that he may interpret. Waha! You might be able to get to have the tongue, and you might be able to get the interpretation all in one package. Isn't that amazing? How many times people come up here, bring the prophetic word, and then just drop mic that, you know, boof. bring the, sorry, the, the, the tongue, then boof. next, good luck. <laughs> See if you can interpret that, and if you don't, boom. I don't know. So what about saying, God, do I have the interpretation? You might get it as well. You never know. Skip to verse 18. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Paul values tongues as a gift that builds up primarily the individual, but also it can build up the church with an interpreter. 
Okay, so I want to kind of explain my protein shake here. I wanted to know a little bit more about protein shake and the value of protein, so I went to what I feel that would be an obviously trustworthy website, www.bodybuilding.com. I mean, who wouldn't know, hey? But, I mean, who, who, they would know. And this is what I found. There's a quote. Protein is used for the production of muscles. Without adequate protein, our bodies can't put together the structures that make up every cell, tissue, and organ, nor can it generate the biochemical substances needed for cardiovascular function, muscle contraction, growth, and healing. Without an adequate amount of protein, our muscles wouldn't heal up as quickly and could therefore lead to overtraining your muscle, which could lead to injury. And that's what I'd normally do. Now, let's think about this in terms of spiritual muscles. So, things like prayer, things like even the fruits of the Spirit of love, joy, all those love action words, love, joy, peace, patience. Think in terms of even praying for people to get healed, these spiritual muscles that God wants us to grow. Now we're going to replace protein in that quote with the words Holy Spirit. All right, here we go. Instead of protein is used, the Holy Spirit is used for the production of spiritual muscles. Without adequate Holy Spirit, our hearts can't put together the structures that make up every spiritual cell needed for heart function, spiritual muscle contraction, growth, and healing. Without an adequate amount of Holy Spirit, our spiritual muscles wouldn't heal up as quickly and could therefore lead to overtraining your spiritual muscle, which could lead to injury through super-spiritualism. Thank you very much. Speaking in tongues is like intravenously connecting the, God, the Holy Spirit, to your heart. That's why you get there faster, sooner with tongues. It's just right straight into your heart. And it edifies you, as Paul tells us. It grows us up. Now notice tongues, the tongues is not doing that. The Holy Spirit is the protein. The Holy Spirit is bringing us through. Tongues is just a shake that gets the protein to us quicker. You got it? Tongues gets us the, act, the action. And it's often more effective, and it often removes the blockages of our mind because it bypasses our mind and connects our hearts to God. So that's why Paul says we need to practice it privately. He says, one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. The idea is that you're speaking in a tongue for edif self-edification. It means that it's good for you, not just publicly, but privately too. When talking about tongues in public, Paul says that someone who has the gift of tongues should, quote, in a public setting, keep silent in church and speak to himself and to God. Remember, he's bringing, an over, uh, bringing a correction to the obsession that the Corinthians had with tongues. They were all just going for it with, like, on the mic. Everyone, like, I got the mic. No, I got the mic. No, like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. He thinks, you know. But the idea that you can keep silent and speak means that you can utter tongues to yourself. Like the guy did when I was 10 years old next to me. He was praying. He was uttering tongues to himself. It's something that can, that, that can be used. And, and, many, and some people have, have said the, the notion that I can't speak in tongues unless the Holy Spirit falls upon me. Well, that doesn't make any sense. 
there's other gifts of the Spirit as well that we know. Gifts of leadership, gift of mercy, gift of generosity. Imagine if I said, guys, sorry, I, I can't lead today because I'm just waiting for the Holy Spirit to follow me to lead. It's not there. I got to go home. Sorry, I'm checking out. Or imagine, no, jeez, I'd love to be merciful, but I'm kind of waiting for the Holy Spirit to fall on me to be merciful. Just not happening. No. Sorry. Sorry. Nah. Talk to the hand. The ears ain't listening. I mean, no. When the Holy Spirit gives you a gift, it's a gift that you can exercise, and you need to exercise. Exercise it. Otherwise, you lose it. If I'm not exercising, learning to lead, then I start to lose that gift. It's like God says, okay, let me be, you're not being faithful with that gift. Let me, let me try someone who can't be faithful with it. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit wants to move in you privately, but then also publicly. Publicly, it's like when, the, when you, you, your praise becomes so much that you, you, it, you feel like this, is, this needs to be for the whole church. It's something the Holy Spirit's doing. It needs to be for the whole church. So you come to the front, and you say, I've got a, a, a prophetic tongue or a, a speaking in tongues, a word, and you begin to speak in tongues, and it draws everybody up. It first amazes everybody, and, it, and everyone kind of does this type of thing, like this, and then they're like, whoa, someone's speaking in tongues. At first, doesn't, it, doesn't that the way that you normally respond? And then you're like, ooh, sure hope there's an interpretation. Hands go in your pocket, you're like, there better be an interpretation. Because the Bible says there should be an interpretation. And then you start thumbing through. I'm pretty sure the Bible says it's interpretation. Yeah, interpretation. Okay. What are the elders going to do now? Who's going to interpret? Are they going to fake it? Ah, probably one of the elders are going to bring the interpretation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're waiting. Then everything gets quiet, and the whole church starts to get nervous. Like, you can hear the wind just goes. Tumbleweeds come through the front of the church. Everyone's like. Like the showdown. Was that guy faking it? Or was that guy going somewhere where we shouldn't have gone? Or did you have the interpretation, but you're so busy judging that guy that you're not listening? And that often happens. You're so busy, you switch off. We're not meant to switch off. We're supposed to switch on and be like, oh, Holy Spirit speaking. Okay, tongues. Maybe I've got the interpretation. You have an opportunity to engage in something supernatural and hear the interpretation and come and say, I got it. Let's do this thing. Come on. That's what we're supposed to do. Not switch off and be like, ooh, what are the elders going to do? And then you start looking at your, your, your friend that you brought to church. And you're like, of all days, all days, I've invited my friend and the pastor has to speak on speaking in tongues. No, come on. Can you do something easy? Like parenting. Do you, who, who here knows it's easier to speak in tongues than to parent your children? <laughs> who here knows it takes more supernatural faith to parent your children than to speak in tongues? Parenting's the hard stuff. This is the easy stuff. So what if there is no interpretation? Well, a few things could be happening. Perhaps the one who received the interpretation is too frightened to speak out. So they got the interpretation, and they're like, you, I cannot go up there. So they're not willing to go out there. Maybe they're just simply being disobedient. Mm-mm, 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 I think I know what he's saying, but no. Mm-mm. Perhaps the one who received the interpretation didn't even realize they had it. They're just like, oh, glory. They hear it. Maybe they even hear it in their own language. They're like, oh, I love it. Oh, I never even knew they could speak that language. It's beautiful. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I love it, love it. 
And then everyone goes on, and they're just in their own world, and the rest of us are like, tumbleweeds. <laughs> Perhaps the one giving the tongue got it wrong. Maybe they got it wrong. Do you ever feel the Holy Spirit lead you to go pray for someone to get healed, and they didn't get it healed? And they didn't get healed? Must have got it wrong, hey? I tell you what, if, if I backed off every time I got something wrong, <laughs> I wouldn't get half the things right that I try to do. We press in. Sometimes we hear from God, and, and maybe we do have it wrong. But guess what? We've grown. We've learned. We've moved forward. Sometimes we, someone coming to bring a public tongue is a breakthrough for them. And you're like, oh, there was no interpretation. Oh, what a waste. And meanwhile, they're like, God, I can't believe you let me do that. I got to speak in tongues and publicly and broke through something, a ceiling that I had. Beautiful, wonderful. Let me tell you, when Paul was writing these words to the, first, to, to the Corinthian church, he, they were obsessed with tongues, obsessed with it. I do not think that the modern church, and especially not this church, is anywhere near where the first Corinthian church was. We have, if anything, not pressed in enough with speaking in tongues. We are not obsessed with speaking in tongues. We hardly hear it from the front. We need to hear it more from the front. We want God to speak. We want you to speak in tongues. We are not in danger. We are not in danger of overemphasizing this gift. We're in danger of losing it. The very opposite. We need to fight for it for all the reasons I mentioned. So who is tongues directed to? It says it's directed to men. I'm sorry, directed to God, not to men. So when someone brings a, 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 a public tongue, I'm often waiting for the interpretation to come or asking for the interpretation and normally assuming that it's going to be a Godward interpretation. That's what I'm normally assuming. Now, not always. In Acts, they were speaking about the wonders of God. But you remember, you can speak about the wonders of God in a Godward praising thing. God, you have done so much. As opposed to, God says that he's done so much for you. See the difference? One is I'm preaching to you or maybe bringing a prophetic word to you. Often I think someone who comes and wants to bring the interpretation just has a prophetic word and they've shared the prophetic word which is man-focused. God wants to break this and do this and do that. But a tongue is usually God-focused. Someone brings a tongue and your, the interpretation is often God, we love you. God, your works are amazing. God, it is a bringing us into the praise of the Holy Spirit to the Lord. And that's what, what I understand it to be often. Why would you want the gift of tongues? Why would you want it for your own private use? Obviously, publicly, it's a beautiful thing to contribute to what God's doing in the meeting. But why would you want it privately? Well, I would ask, why... If tongues takes you right into the presence of God, why you would not want it? Why would you not want it? If it takes you right into the very throne room, if it gives you the intimacy and the courage that we're always singing that we want, and God says tongues can help take you there, why would you not want? If it edifies you and builds you up, why would we not want it? Personally, I do not understand how people are apathetic about this gift. It's a beautiful, wonderful gift. It takes us into the supernatural realm. I speak in tongues all the time. All the time. Every day, throughout the day. Started when I first got filled with the Holy Spirit. I used to work as a receptionist filing. And I would hear the ladies. Uh, it was 
me and a whole bunch of middle-aged ladies in this uh, office throughout university work there. And um, I would file, and I would hear their, they would be talking, gossiping, and they had such broken lives. The atmosphere was just oh, it's terrible. And as I'm filing, I'm just speaking in tongues. Just speaking in tongues. To the point that one lady says, what are you saying, Drew? I'm praying for you. <laughs> they knew, oh, there's a holy roller. By the end of that, they all knew the gospel. And all the workers in the factory knew the gospel as well. We, I started a prayer meeting in my home with all these men. We saw a Muslim guy get saved from Iran. Get saved. Prayer meeting. I'm 22. These are all older men, twice my age, coming from the factory. We started a prayer meeting. Tongues was opening up the supernatural realm in that place. Why would we not want it? I pray it when I'm scared. When I'm scared. I prayed it whenever Anya was getting born in the front seat of my car. And I'm the one delivering her. I'm delivering her at 4.30 in the morning in a vacant car park. Just like, you know what I did? I burst into tongues and tears. She's like, oh my God. And it gave me the courage to say, I can do this. Plus, Megan's slap on the face also helped me. And she didn't slap me. When I'm uncertain, I don't know. I go into tongues because I know that God knows. So he starts to fill me. He knows. When I'm so passionate for my children, I don't know how to pray anymore for them because I just run out of words. Don't you run out of words when they're sleeping and you're just like, God, just please help them and save them. And you're just like, like how can I just keep saying, protect them and, and keep them from the wolves and, and don't let them ruin their lives? How can you say that? I run out of words and I just speak in the tongues. And I just cry out over them. And they wake up scared to death. You need tongues. And you might say, Drew, that's so far-fetched, though. It's so weird. Weird? You know what's weird? That you already believe that Jesus came from a virgin. That's weird. You want to know weird? There are so many things in the Bible that we readily accept as truth, and they are way more far-fetched than tongues. That God spoke through a donkey? That's amazing. That's, that, can you believe that? That God parted the Red Sea. We're like, yeah, God parted the whole Red Sea is amazing, amazing. But tongues, yeesh, that's a little bit out there, hey? Are you kidding me? Two million people walking through a Red Sea that's parted? That's out there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire, and they don't get burned? Wax. Guys, way out there. Guys, you already believe in You already believe in angels. You believe in demons. You believe in prayer. I mean, prayer is weird. You're going to pray and God's going to hear you. Whoa, guys, let's just hold, hold on now. That, that is weird. You believe in people that can get healed instantly in front of you. Guys, tongues is not too far-fetched. Tongues is normal. You got the Holy Spirit living inside of you and you think he's not going to talk? You think he's not going to say anything? It's like, yeah, Holy Spirit's in me. And he's just like, ooh. He's thinking, he's thinking, I so want to say something, but mm, I better not say anything. I'm just going to stay quiet. Ooh. Mm. Oh, Holy Spirit's saying, I'm coming out. I'm taking, I'm going to praise Jesus. That makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. And you need tongues in your life. It's natural. It's natural. It's natural. It's natural that God would want to take control of your tongue because He wants to take control of your whole life. 
your whole being. And if he can have your tongue, as James tells us, then he can have everything. That's the one thing you're holding on to. And God says, let it go. Stop fighting this. Let me give you a gift. That's more than you can ever imagine. Can you learn it? You cannot learn it. That's why it's a gift. I can't teach you. I wish I could. Everybody with me. Shabbat. Shabbat. No, it's easy. I'm not going to do it. I cannot teach it to you. It'll be fake. It's got to be the Holy Spirit that lands upon you gets it. But you know what you can do? You can eagerly desire it. Paul tells us, eagerly desire the gifts. You can eagerly desire. And here's how you're going to do it. Here's how you can be filled. I'm going to use the acronym APPLY. And it's really, this, this applies to everything that you want of God that's available. If you can do this, it positions you to get more of what God has for you. Apply. A is you just ask. You say, God, I, I want this gift. You ask. The P is you press in. This is the eagerly desire. You eagerly desire. You press in. Say, i got to have more of this. The next P is you persist. My mom wanted the gift of tongues. And for seven years, she, she prayed. She didn't get the gift of tongues. She was kept pressing, but she never gave up. And now she you can't stop it. It just keeps coming. It's just, she will, she'll speak it all the time. But you persist, and there was breakthrough. But I trust, I think you're going to get it today. I think most of you are going to get it today if you don't have it already. It's coming. The Holy Spirit's here. L, normally, L should stand for listen. So you're going to listen for the Lord's leading. But here, I'm going to use it. L stands for loosen up. Loosen up. If you want the gift of tongues, I, so many people, it's like they're going to try and make God prove that he's into tongues. And so they come up to the front, and you're like, do you want to receive tongues? And they're like, yeah. And you're like, I, I don't know if you really want to receive tongues. And then I'm like, open up your hands. And they're like, oh, okay, you're going to manipulate this thing, aren't you? No, I'm just trying to help you to loosen up. Because I, it's, like, it's, like they, it's, like, it's like God proved that you're here. You're going to have to take a crowbar and pry these lips open. And, and if you can't do that, then this thing does not work. Mm, mm. And God's like, you know what? I don't use crowbars on people. I'm not going to force you this. I'm not going to force this upon you. It's like, it's like hey, kids, I want to give you a gift. Mm -mm, mm -mm. If you really loved me, you'd tie me down and force me to open that gift, and then you would make me like it and use it. Okay, I don't know if that's the way this thing works. Now, when he loves you, he says, here's a gift. You say, oh, I want it. And your mouth opens, I want it. Yes, Lord. Yes, Dad. Kids, thank you, Dad. Thank you, Dad. Not, oh, man, but I didn't want that. Can't you give me something better than this? No, it's just like, thank you, Dad. Thank you. Sorry, that was a jab at my kids. I shouldn't do those things, but you know what I'm talking about. But Lord, thank you. Just opening it up. Loosen up. Loosen up. And sometimes you want to just start to praise. You just want to start to praise, and then you run out of the words. And God gives you a word. And if he gives you one word, be faithful with it and just say it. If it's Shabbat, which is just kind of a joke, you know, people often when they talk about tongues, they say, Shabbat, Shabbat, Shabbat. It's kind of a silly thing. But if it's Shabbat, say Shabbat. Say it over and over again. And you can, if now, you've got the language, now you've got that word, use it all the time, and more starts to come. More will start to come. Shabbat. You just use it. And you're just opening up, and now you're just letting it flow. Holy Spirit's coming upon you. And the Y stands for yield. Yield in it. 
yield to his moving. Are you ready, church? If you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit, you can be filled. Furthermore, if you have not yet spoken in tongues, this is the morning. We're trusting God for it. I want us all to stand together, please. Let's stand. God can move. God can move. He can move mountains, including the mountain of your stubbornness. And He's going to move in your life this morning if you want it. You need it. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Why don't we just begin to lift our eyes to Jesus? And I want to ask, and you, and you, and you begin. To first, maybe even ask your own self, your own heart. Say, am I open? Am I willing? Am I ready? Am I open? There's somebody who's ready. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. This is, this is natural. This is it. All right. I would, love for the, I would love for leaders to come down. I don't think we can wait any longer. Come, leaders. If you can come down, I want you to line up. Just make some space between you. Line up. You know, leaders, you know who you are. If you don't, you're not a leader. Come forward. Come forward. Quick, quick, quick. Please don't, don't wait. Mm. Great. Come forward. And now they're going to spread out. This is what I want to do. Are you guys at faith? I want you guys to start speaking in tongues right now. Come on. Let's do it. Just spread out all the way down. All the way. We'll go that way as well. All the way down. All right. We're ready. Woo. Come on. Glory. All right. Now, some of you have never spoken in tongues. Some of you just want more. Want more. You can have more. I think I've spoken in four different dialects. I'm pretty sure at one point I spoke in Korean, but I can't verify that. <laughs> but though I'm just, I want more. I want to go to the next level. Lord, give me a tongue for, an, for a, a tribe that I've never met before, but you love. So if you want more, come down. Begin to now come down. Let's begin to ask, see God. If you've never spoken in tongues, you want to speak in tongues, come forward. Come forward. I love the one that, the guy that just burst out into tongues. Come down to the front. Come down to the front. Please come. I'm not sure who you are. I can't see you. Oh, yo. Is that Mark? Yo, Mark, come on. Come on, Mark. All right. If you want to speak, come, Mark. Come up here. Come up here. Come up here. Where's the hand? Where's the handheld mic? Come here. I'm going to cheat it. Can you come up here? Can you use that there? Amen. Let's play, play. Can we play? There's no sound. Oh, okay. If you want more, would you please begin making your way down? Leaders are here to pray with you. I'm going to ask Mark to just break something over us. Holy Spirit, come. Wanna speak in tongues? 
Father, loosen, O God, right now I pray. In Jesus' name, loosen, O God. Loosen, Holy Spirit, come right now. If you've got the interpretation for that, you can come forward and, and speak it out. I believe there's more that need to move from your seats. And it might be for more reasons than just speaking in tongues. I believe the Lord's wanting to open the supernatural realm to more of you. And, uh, and it takes you being willing to step forward and say, God, I, I want to tap into more of what you have. And so there might be more of you that need to come down for more reasons than speaking in tongues. Make your way to the front. Let's take advantage of the Holy Spirit's presence here today, not missing the opportunity for Him to unlock more of Himself for you. Let's press in as we worship, as we pray, as we ask, as we seek. Don't leave here if you don't speak in tongues. Don't leave here without 